to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Making Laps Podcast. We are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and our hosting platform, Anchor Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast, and you can find links to all of our shows on all our platforms at GleasonBrosRacing.com. Yesterday, I went to a preview screening of the Vault Production Series titled The Show, following four SK Modified drivers and their 2019 season at Stafford Motor Speedway in Stafford Springs, Connecticut. I was part of the production team, and all those involved met up at Tom Sid DiMaggio's home for dinner and the show. Afterwards, we set up and did an impromptu podcast interview with Sid DiMaggio, Sean Foster from Short Track Racer fame, and my co-host Phil Jakes to discuss the history of Vault Productions and preview the show a web-based reality series coming January 28th to SidsView.com. You can check out more of Tom and, or Sid's work at vault-productions.com. You can check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Productions on Instagram at Productions and on Twitter at Sid DiMaggio. Please keep in mind that Sid's dog Jeter was with us the whole time, and you'll probably hear him walking around and clattering some claws and playing the whole time, but he's a good boy. So we just kind of rolled with it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. We started what back in 2009, right? I think we all met up when you started doing videos. I think it was actually 2008. Was it was 2008? the first finale that we did? Yeah. We did those finale videos at the speed bowl two years before we started Sid's view in uh, 2010. Wow. Yeah. So we're looking at uh 12 seasons we've been doing video stuff. Jeez. Yeah. I remember, I think it was on the Pearl Forum when I think you put the call out for people to help with video stuff. Right. And I think my brother answered and he said, hey, uh, Brent, you want to help out? Okay, I'll help out with whatever. That gives me a chance to go to the racetrack. I don't care. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I was surprised, too. I really wasn't expecting, like, you know, your brother actually... (laughs) Jesse had his own camera at the time. That was a big deal. Like, wow, this dude's legit. He's got his own camera. And I think he had just actually finished working on a documentary. Uh, I want to say it was called Busking the System. Yeah, it was, it was like about a subway Subway performers, subway, yeah. Uh, uh, documentary, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just like blown away. Like, this guy actually wants to work with us and he's a racer. So, yeah, we had a, we had a hot I had a couple of high school friends and, uh, my buddy Gail, uh, that's out in New York still, working for MTV and producing stuff. and um, Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, and surprisingly enough, this thing that we did at Stafford really is similar in concept, but obviously not nearly as good because we were just getting our feet wet back then. Yeah, because all, all we did was we really filmed for... It was a couple shop visits beforehand, or was it like just the day of the finale? I can't even remember. It was yeah, we like did twelve years ago. We did uh, seven guys, I think. It was 
Ah, geez, I can't even remember again. 2008 or 2009? 2008 was the first year. Really? Because I keep yeah. fixating on 2009 for some reason. Well, we really just um, we filmed it in 2008, and then I think we showed it at the banquet, which was early 2009, and then we we filmed again later. So like 2009 was really kind of when we was a full like calendar year of I guess video when was the burt myers episode there was a burt myers thing that's the first that sid's the view episode that was in episode. 2010 yeah oh okay that's Sid's view because so we these couples we had we had really started like we actually were i was already a track historian by that point so my buddy gail who was really instrumental in, in kind of getting me at the speedball with the cameras was um i'd already talked to him about like nostalgic historic stuff and when Burt Myers came there this is actually kind of a cool story when Burt Myers came down there it was icebreaker weekend so Brent and and his brother Jesse were not there to help and it was really just the three of us at that point right we didn't I didn't even know Phil at that point and right. uh yeah because we were up at Thompson Racing so we're right like, oh, so sorry, you guys dude. weren't there big show we can't make it and I actually had just <laughs> met my wife Tisha and uh, that Madhouse show that Burt Myers was on had just ended. So he was kind of like a little bit of a rock star. And then he, he was coming to the bowl. And I was like, oh, we've got to film this if it's going to be something. You know, if he came out there and won the race, it'd be like how people talk about Tony Stewart up at Thompson, you know. So I was like, oh, we got to go down there. So I was like, I just met my wife. And I was like, hey, let's grab a camera, go to the racetrack. And she's like. What? And I was like, I yeah, just get in the car. <laughs> and uh, me and her filmed it, and uh, it was an awful race. They actually red checkered it after like ten laps. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and he he uh, got a ride from uh, Jeffrey Paul, who was SK competitor at the time, and and actually wrecked with Jeffrey Paul. <laughs> so. <laughs> There was uh, double carnage in that pit, and it was just everything about it, it. It couldn't have gone worse. There was nothing memorable about it at all. But we created the the only thing that was memorable about it was we created the first Sid's View episode. Then that was that was pretty much it. But the, the actual racing was awful. It was terrible. Yeah, I remember going back to the first filming we did in '08, and we didn't have GoPros. We had like tapes. We didn't have digital Lots video. Of tapes, yeah. yeah, a lot of tapes. And Jesse came out with this camera. I don't even know where the hell he got it. I think he got it off eBay or something. And it was like a, a battery pack or a memory pack or something. And a bunch of wires and a camera with a flip-out screen. I don't even remember what this setup was. And Dennis Gaeta actually allowed us to put this in his car. Do you remember that thing? Uh, no, but I, re I remember... I remember uh, Dennis's sister, Debbie, gave me a disc with in-car footage... Really? I, I I don't maybe that was what it was from. I never knew what the source was it from. I just was like, oh, you got in car. Cool. Oh, you should have seen it. this thing. It was it, it was horrendous, <laughs> but at the time it was pretty neat because it was like a, we didn't have like I said we didn't have GoPro, so we had to improvise. So we had all this like I don't remember like I said battery pack or memory thing or something wires like wrapped around it, and it was yeah. like I don't know how it was fastened to a roll bar, but the video was like. A potato, like a potato phone, like it was really bad. Right. But it was like the first in-car footage that we ever shot, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, I remember. Um, 
I remember in cars were a big deal. Like if we got one GoPro in an episode, like if we had a 10 second clip of a GoPro in one episode, it was like phew, we were cutting edge, you know? That's, that's a nice <laughs> look at, at times past, like in the matter right. of 10 years, because my first GoPro was 2010 that I had in the race car, and it was a huge deal. Right. A little <clears throat> tiny camera. Um, I think they came out in 09, and I used it in 2010. No, nobody had them or seen them. I was just on the ball because I was, for some reason, I was always like, why don't they have many cameras in the right. GoPro? It's like, oh, all right, it's time. It worked about a quarter of the time. Batteries would yep. die. As, well, it was AAA at the time. But, yeah, and then in the matter of two, three years, you had GoPro yeah. cameras that were reliable and worked well. The first two, three weren't. But, yeah, that's we a really got to 10 a point. years. Now yeah. they're incredible. I mean, even over, like, the first, I would say by 2013, we had episodes that had like 20 in cars. I mean, at that point, we probably had like four or five, but then all the drivers had their own. And so, you know, Jesse and I would go to the grandstands and, and these two, Phil and Brent, would hustle around, you know, and now what's even, you know, and then another step is, you know, we did the onboard series and now the show where we got multiple cameras on multiple cars. Where how many seven on each car? Seven I think we times did four? seven on each car, times right? Four cars, yeah. unless right. Keith Rocco ripped it off and threw it in the floorboard before the <laughs> <Right>. race. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I remember I want to say the most we had was 26 for some reason. That that number, but I it was like it was about the amount how many different cars you could put a camera on, not you know, if we and then if we had. If we had uh, a camera, uh, if we had a car that had a bumper cam, that was like a bonus, you know. Like Tyler Chadwick's, uh, we always we always put a bumper cam on him, and I forget somebody else. I can't remember, but um, yeah, th- that was a big deal back then. If you could if you could have two cameras on a car, it was like whoa, you know. For the amount of cameras that we have put on cars over the years, we've been fairly lucky, too. We haven't lost a lot of them. Yeah, I'd say probably probably around 10. But over 10 years, out, that's pretty good. A little shout-out to Waddell Communications for mm. replacing cameras that got wrecked in the show this year. Yeah, I think most of them were his cameras that got wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Big sponsor of the show, big supporter. I'm pretty sure we still haven't found most of the pieces. Yeah. I we, think we I think we, we lost one. seven. I think we lost seven doing the show, and I, I think three were Waddell. So, yeah, it was just around half. Well, luckily... The technology's gotten to the point where we used to race or we used to run the GoPros with the AA or AAA batteries in them, but now you can just go on Amazon and pick up any knockoff for like 40 bucks. And if you yeah. wreck one of those, at least it's not a big enough hit that you're going to ruin production right. because you're not spending, you know, three, four hundred dollars on a camera. When you have a high quality show like this, like the show, you know, you can't, you can't just buy the cheap cameras. These are all top quality. Is that what we're saying publicly? I mean, we can, <laughs> we, can so. we can lie to the people all we Link want. Link in the but. description. Nah, listen, we 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 really we did good for, for you know for what we had for equipment and and uh, for a budget. We, we really did an impressive thing here because I know we did the first couple of shows 
or episodes of what what preceded Sid's view as finale videos essentially and then yeah. showed those videos at the Waterford Speedball banquet and then we basically transitioned into doing we did every, like weekly shows like every week right yeah pretty much from and that was that from, basically started the Sid's view franchise i forget what year 2010 or 2011 2010 to um 2016 what was the height of it probably 2013 yeah if i remember that was like uh the the big banquet video you know what i can picture is like glenn griswold running across the track yeah i think that was that year <laughs> yeah and i think i can picture like uh well i envision the music too it's the what's what's that it's it's like an alternative song. Oh yeah, the Breeders. Yeah, Cannonball yeah, by yeah. the Breeders. Yeah. When I hear tune. that song, it's like that's Sid's. Year. That was 2012. That was 2012. Okay. Yeah, but I think 2013 was Glenn Griswold meltdown. Uh, that was also Nicole's meltdown. Nicole Morgillo's meltdown against oh, Teddy. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that was the year that she got engaged on the uh, and she won. And ladies' night. Yeah, yeah her yeah, and Victoria won, won the yep. same night. I believe so. And that's that a was a big deal. That was a big deal. And and uh, for us personally, I, that was the first year I think we started shooting in HD. So like our production quality also increased. Yeah, yeah and I I think that night with the ladies' night episode where they both won, I had that shot from the pits and I didn't turn my phone sideways and I don't think I ever lived that down because <laughs> I had no time to get the shot other than Swipe it on the camera. What do you mean of, of her uh, of her of crew, crew going nuts? Yeah, of, of Paul and yeah, but she like still got it. I mean, you know, listen, it's it's better to get it at, at the wrong. Uh, it, you still got the shot. I mean, that, it's better than not getting it at all. You know, I always like how when people start recording with the vertical phone and then they realize they they screwed up and right. then they turn it horizontal and it doesn't. <laughs> It right. doesn't self-adjust. Right. You're holding it a different way. Right. I was actually conscious of that the whole time. I'm like, don't turn it side. Just, <laughs> just roll with it. Just go there. You're going to screw the whole thing up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if he could fix it in post or not. So I'm like, no, we're not going to trim. We're not attempting <laughs> fate on this. But sticking with Sid's view, there's been, I mean, I used to say whenever we turned the cameras on, we were recording magic. Mm-hmm because it would usually happen because we were always there recording and the competition level had increased at the track over time. People started coming back to the track and I know, I know I have my favorite moments, but what are you guys like favorite episodes or moments from episodes that you can think of off the top of your head? Well, the Glenn Griswold meltdown is was right <laughs> right at the top of the charts. There, that was just I remember like as that was happening, I was losing my mind. Like I already knew that was going to be a great episode. Like how often do you have a meltdown where guys running across the infield and and then we had Webby chasing them with the Webby cam, like you know, <laughs> on the quad trying to catch up. Yeah, there. like I knew that was just going to be epic. Um, yeah, the backstretch of Waterford, you don't think it's very long. But right. It's a hustle. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Glenn Griswold is he's, he's well-built. Yeah, he's, we'll he's carrying a little, yeah. Yeah. yeah so but, I remember sitting in the grandstands, like, commentating. I don't know if I was near you, but it's like, God, like, he's <laughs> right. going to be winded. Like, yeah. he, he's not going to be ready to fight and by he the time was pissed. he gets there. Like, they, yeah, you run that fast when you're pissed. Yeah. He, was, he lost yeah. 20 pounds just running down the back <laughs> of the <track>. Right. <laughs> 
that man wasn't running. He was hustling. Like, his his head didn't even bob. He was just straight flat. Right. Yeah. He was rotating the earth. He was just moving. I remember that. What are some other episodes? I mean, the, the Gata accident. Uh, oh. That's uh, a big deal. Yeah, Adam Gata cool. uh, flipping, right. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that's. I still think that has the most views on my YouTube channel. Um, but also, Joe Gata getting his first win. That was that was kind of a big deal. That was the eighth member of that family to, to win at the track. Um, the night Keith won the national championship, that was pretty cool. That was our first season. Oh yeah, that always sticks out. Um, I don't think we were there for that either. I think we had another race. Yeah, you're right. You did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you guys weren't there that night. Yep. Yeah. And and then a lot of it, like I don't, I don't really, I can't remember specific. You know, it's just it's just certain things. You know, like. Um, I mean, the Webby Cam was just so awesome. It was just so unique. Nobody else was doing that. Nobody else, I don't think, could do that because of of who Eric Webster is. And, you know, he was an official that wore a GoPro on a chest harness. And, and he just had this demeanor about him that, um, you know, he was always the first on the scene. So when drivers were irate, he knew how to handle it without it getting ugly or per- he was just the perfect person like, for yeah, that. It was like he knew what they were going through. Yeah, at that time. and he was a racer, so he you know he yeah. he got both sides of it. That was just the perfect. Um, the Webby Cam was just awesome. It was like, it was what, unique to what we did, and it was it was special. And when you say like you were about to say like you know it was just things and moments like I think the same thing. I think. When I think of Sidsby, one of my favorite times was the shadows of there was a fly, <laughs> there was a fly, a yeah, large June bug or fly on yep. the back of some guy's shirt, and you were using the lighting of the track as shadows to to do hand puppetry, <laughs> yeah, of, that was of, great. or clapping to try and shoo the fly away. That actually wasn't me. That was that was my friends that had come to the track. But yeah, that's our sense of humor. Like, and we were all into it and. Uh, I think we did that for probably like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, in the video, you know, you trim it down. But, yeah, we had a blast with that. Yeah, that was that's a good one. Yeah, little <laughs> moments like that is what sparks my attention. Yeah, that. that was a good one. And then, Brent, come on. I've been waiting for you to chime in with the birthday bash. That was on my list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. always got the best video from the birthday bash. Yeah. that we, was. It wasn't that, even from the action on track. It was in the grandstands, real just like – personality like and track beer yeah track yeah. Beer. a lot of track beer well right? that right because that was the night i implored all my non-racing fans to come to the track <laughs> and celebrate my birthday and let's all have a good time and uh and they would all bring me a beer a birthday beer when they you know <laughs> so i mean i was having a good time all those times but yeah it was there was a lot of good content <laughs> after those episodes those were a content machine yeah those were good <laughs> i mean I've actually, there was a race that I filmed where most of the time when I'm filming races, it's almost kind of like surreal. Like it's not like I'm there watching it because I'm watching it through a lens. Right. The only race that I ever filmed there where I was actually frightened was Galvin's crash on the backstretch. Oh, when he flipped over? Yeah. Yeah, When he got turned to the right and flipped over. That was scary. Because I was filming it. Because I think I was on main cam for once because Jesse was out for some reason because I, I would just film fill in for him. Yeah. And I saw that happen, and I'm like, holy crap, that's bad. And it came to a rest, and I'm like, okay, well, it's not so bad. And then I saw fire, and right. I'm like, oh, sh- this is not going to be good. Right. Like, I don't know what anybody else thought of that, but. 
you know what was cool with you and your brother is you know how like so like when we've done did the show this year waddell gave us all radio sean waddell who's been a great sponsor of my video work for a long time gave us all radio so we could all talk to each other during the production and sid's view we obviously didn't have that luxury but we well, tried it, it once, but it completely failed. Oh, that's right. We got in trouble. Yeah, we had walkie-talkies, and then... I think it was on the race frequency, and yeah. we completely failed. Taffley put the ixnay on that. Yeah. We didn't know, though, so... But what was cool about you and Jesse was that you guys were racers, and if we had an extra cam... Back then, we had to have an extra cam, but if we did, Brent would go up in turn four and film the race, and Jesse would be in the grandstands with me, and... You really just had to hope that Brent was filming what we were talking about. You know, I mean, with Jesse, I was wearing a mic and Jesse had ear. Basically direct Jesse with no problem. But with with Brent, we just had to hope that he was watching the same thing that we were. And and more times than not, you were. It was pretty awesome that we could do a two camera shoot and not even have to tell you what to film. Like your instincts as a racer, you knew what to watch and, and, and where the action was. And, you know, I mean, there was maybe a time or two that it didn't sync up, but that's only because there was too much action on the track. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the leaders were battling and you were filming the guy in fifth doing nothing. Like it was, it was usually kind of pretty obvious what to watch, but I always thought that was cool that, you know, I, as, as a guy who always had cameramen that were racers, um, that you know, it had that benef- benefits in those areas where we didn't have live communication. Can you hear my cat screaming right now? <laughs> I actually can, yeah. <laughs> but it's absolutely no different than my house because mine usually walk- walks around and meows really loud too. And so, calls Phil. But anyways, I-, I always thought that was that was a great thing about about you and Jesse is that you guys just had racer instincts behind the lens, and it made my job when I was editing easier because. Um, you know, you were you were filming what we were we were watching. You know, it was cool. Yeah, but along the same lines, sometimes I would screw up. <laughs> like the same year that Galvin flipped, Meyer flipped over in turn one, and yep. I actually had my camera on them, and I kind of looked away just as it happened, and yeah. I missed that shot, and I regret it. And funny story, I ended up buying that car from Chris. Later. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the car you have now. Yeah, that's the car I'm racing now. I've won five races in it. Can't be that bad. <laughs> How many times has he tried to buy it back? He says he wants it back, but I don't think he really does. He's got enough cars. Are you racing this year? Me? Yeah. Nope. No money. I could get into hey, that. We're on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of equipment. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> Sid, what about uh, Rocco? Go get that car. You remember that night? Oh, when he went and got the Thompson car? He wrecked yeah, it, that was wrecked a good in the one. heat race. I'll tell you what, Keith was like, it, it was incredible the amount of good content that dude gave us there. I mean, like, he, he won so much, which you would think might have been boring, but he won in so many ridiculously different ways that it was, it was always entertaining. But, yeah, that was, I mean. Coming he, from the back. Yeah, balled that up, and he was just. Racing, remember the night he broke his wrist and he kept racing? Right, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And even with the Doug episode, him having Doug Kobe drive his car. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was... When he got uh, the, the and broken he had wrist. His, he had his father-in-law do it later on. He won the five the uh, that, the uh Speed Bowls, the Bud Nats there. That was their 5K race. Todd 
won. Yeah, in Todd Keith's won that. Car. I, I think I want to say that the race started and Keith won. Uh, they ran like nine laps and it got postponed to a later date. Oh. And and in between, Keith broke his wrist. Okay. And Is so when they resumed it? it later on, he had Todd uh, take over for him, and 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 Todd cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, and he won. Yeah. And Keith got points. I'm guessing. Uh, for that one, he did. The Kobe one, he didn't. No, no. Okay. Yeah, that's a different story right. altogether. I seem to recall him breaking his wrist more oh, than once, though, that's... didn't he? Uh, who? Did he break his wrist more than once? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he did. The yeah. first yeah. one I remember, Definitely he broke twice. his wrist driving the four car, the propane plus car at Thompson at the icebreaker, and then he had to go the next week, I think it was, for the, the Waterford opener, wasn't it? Might have been that. I don't know. We're, we're talking... My brain doesn't remember like five minutes ago. So well, what's typical like over the years? Waterford was always first. I thought they were last week of March. It the it, the it, yeah it was it it typically was the speed bowl open and the icebreaker was the next week. Yeah, but I was for, thinking maybe even two weeks. But later, for a long yeah. time, I think the icebreaker was what kicked off the race season, and then the, the speed bowl went earlier, like. Maybe in the early two thousands. Okay. Yeah, it used to yeah. be it used to be icebreaker first, and then Waterford said, "Nope, we're gonna open yeah. first. Yeah, and... yeah. I mean, those really those cold. those days were freezing, man. I yeah. I was actually glad once Terry left, and and uh, uh, Monahan was the first GM after Terry left, and he started the season I think in the first weekend in May, and I think that was. That was better because those April dates were just awful. Think about how they felt at Riverside starting in March. Yeah, right. Not a heck with that. Yep. Yeah, I know they got snowed out <laughs> many <occasions>. times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The speedball got snowed out a few times too. Yeah. Did they? I mean, I get it. I mean, Terry Terry had to open that place as many times as he as he could, but it, I mean, it just wasn't good racing. Like uh, uh, our mods even made to run in the cold weather. Like it never really seemed yeah, like are. it was. You're racing anything. Yeah. Okay. It just never seemed like <laughs> the no racing. Chance. I don't ever remember there being a great. Remember that race at the bowl back in April of whatever? Like, I never. I've never said that. Like, it was. Uh, I always, they were always crappy I always races. had the opinion that, like, first race of the year, you know, if you, if I owned a racetrack, be first. I would think that would be. I don't know, because, uh, like, Icebreaker is sort of like, we'll call it the Icebreaker. It's the first race you go to. But it was always like, hey, Waterford's open. We're all psyched to go see some racing. Let's bundle up and go go see an event there. I agree with you going into it, but I, I felt like I always left thinking, well, why the hell are we it. out here this early? It's freezing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was never my favorite event to go to. No. What was the craziest uh, finish you saw or maybe you left to go to the bathroom and didn't see? Oh yeah, they did that a couple times. Um, well, that remember the outlaw race with uh, Corey Hutchins and Jay Stewart. Back. I was wondering and, uh, if you were going to say that. Paul Newcomb. Yeah, that yeah. was tremendous. I don't think there's a better finish in the world. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's not the marquee as as Keith and uh, and Teddy, but Keith and Tyler Chadwick had some really great freaking races down there. I, I would say at least four or five times. They had side by side battles that were a lot of fun to watch, and um, I used to really like watching uh, Josh Galvin in the Street Sox. Man, he he always seemed to be in the middle of something. It was it was Street always, Sox never disappointed. No, they there. were always pretty entertaining. I mean, the bowl was a two groove track, so there was there was always a 
a ton of really good finishes, you know. I mean, um, Keith and, and Teddy actually, uh, I think that, I think it was actually the first year Sid's view because that year they moved the Bud Nats to Labor Day. No, to the finale. Was that it? Yeah. Oh. And uh, Teddy was in the double zero, which maybe was the Jimmy Page car. Yeah. I'm not even right. And and Keith was in the Payne's car, and they just went back and forth. And then, but Ronnie Uhas pitted for tires and came back through the field and ended up winning. But the show was Keith and Teddy for like the first half or maybe 100 laps of that race. That was a pretty good race. Oh, yeah. I I like to think uh, there were the Priest-Kobe tour races. Those oh, that's right. Those were good. Yeah, part one, part two, right? Yeah, yeah that was yeah. good. That was a good show. Was there a third? I remember Santos ruined the streak. Yep. I believe. And then I think a year after Santos won, there was even a third Kobe Priest uh, hmm. duel, maybe. I feel like he might be right on that. Yeah. It's possible, yeah. Hmm. I'll just say yeah. not as memorable because I'm, I'm struggling to remember. Those first two were, they were both green-white checkers. They were great, yeah. Yeah. Those, and I remember there was one year where a lap car came out of the pits. They were coming oh, around. It was right. a green-white checkered. Maybe like like Troy Tallman or somebody, there was tons of controversy. Is it SK because, or Tor? No, this was Tor. There was huge controversy because somebody, there was controversy whether he got waived to come out of the pits because we all know Waterford has that turn four entryway. Yeah. And whether that driver got the green light to go on the track or not, but he came out onto the track and the field was going green and it was three wide, first and second place with the lap yeah. car against the wall and you, everyone thought everyone was going to ball it up but right. there was there must have been like the slightest bit of room available for the two cars to run side by side with a lap car yeah. there now why do i remember an incident like that actually happening where it cleaned out the leaders i don't know what division but something just kind of popped in my memory hmm. why we were filming down there uh, ben i just I, like i said it's just memory just kind of yeah, jogging right here that's not ringing a it might have been before us now, now that I think about it. Yeah, that's not ringing a bell with me. Hmm. I would say that outlaw race is probably, I mean, obviously that was the first thing I thought of, but I mean, you know, three wide and one of the cars is facing the wrong direction, you can't get any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> than that. You know, that was pretty I, awesome. I, I hate to be the, the one to crap on poor old Corey, but I think the only reason he really won is because his transponder crossed the line first because he was backwards. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. I yeah. think Newcomb had the nose on both yeah. him and uh Is that true? Stewart. I thought I remembered pausing the video and saying, I, I can't tell. I felt like they were even at best. I'd have to go back and look. But I, I remember thinking, well, the transponder's in the back of the car, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just questioning, did they actually have transponders for that race? Because now I don't remember. That's no, they did. Yeah. Yeah, the transponders came in in like 2004. Yeah, I think I, I just wasn't outlaw, sure if that. Though, for oh, for an outlaw? I thought yeah. it was. I thought the transponders was for everybody, no matter what. I'm thinking an Some outlaw race. Didn't maybe they, like does they the didn't Wednesday do guys? Do they have transponders? The Wednesday guys don't. Oh, they don't. No, Man, maybe they uh, didn't. Tra- street stocks at Stafford don't have them. Right. I was yeah. um actually they I was working. Year, I, oh, okay. I was working at the track for that. Oh, race. were you? And I remember there was. Again, huge controversy because I was up in the tower. So you blew the call. That's what you're saying. No, no, I, that wasn't my job. <laughs> right. I'll just avoid responsibility on that one. 
No, uh, I remember tons of controversy. Like, there were upset people even working for the track because, if you remember, that was not a green-white checkered. That was a green checkered. Yeah, that, that race? A, that was a weird yes, finish. That oh. finish was green checkered. Yeah, so that's one of the races where I went to the bathroom. Probably, yeah. Because it was... it was <laughs> yeah, No, that I just race... watched it the other day, and you had a caption, and they said, worst time for a bathroom yeah. break ever. Yeah, but that race was a disaster. There was a gazillion cautions, yeah. and I had, I had to pee, like, in the first one. Yeah. And by you, the ninth one, I'm like, I, it's, it's either like, here, I or I'm taking a knee right here in the bleachers. Like, I tried to sneak out of there, and, I mean... No, I, I remember track officials, there was arguing... I wouldn't say arguing, but I know Terry Eames was not happy because there was a green checkered and there was no white. And I remember being on the radio and saying, guys, uh, everyone knew they were coming to the checkered. You just saw the greatest race ever. Right? We we don't have to we don't yeah, have to be upset right. about this. We'll talk right. about it later, but we don't have to be upset. This was the, the greatest race in the history. I just remember it, in Victory Lane... Jay Stewart, I don't even know what he said, but like he immediately got booed and he just waved to the crowd like I don't even care what you people are talking about. Like it was, it was just classic Jay. Uh, it was just uh, that was a good race. So, when did um, when did the Vault Crew just kind of disband and it kind of became just like you, um, kind of doing it all yourself and with Tisha. Um. I say kind of disband. Yeah, it was uh, like 2015 and 16. Uh, those years were lean. We were we were basically just getting by and uh, <laughs> relying a lot on in cars. Phil was with us one year doing the in cars, and th- those years actually weren't even a lot of fun to be honest with you. I mean, we caught some stuff. That was uh, Adam Gator was one of those years when he flipped his car, and uh, so I mean. I know we had planned to kind of come back there, you know, before all the Beamers issues became public. But I don't know if you can recapture what we what we did down there. That was, it's, it's, it was I don't know. Everything just kind of all aligned up at the at the same time. You know, we, everything was new. YouTube was new. I mean, YouTube only started what two thousand eight, like, and we started in two thousand ten, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, everything was new, and we were learning as you go, and it just kind of. You know, like I'm into more stuff like now that we're doing with the show, and these are big time productions that you can't just go to the track and then with a bunch of cameras and then stay up all night and and push something out on YouTube 24 hours later. It's so. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, I would say it was really labor intensive, and I was. I'd also say that probably towards the end it started to feel like it was more of a job than a hobby. Right. So it oh. kind of wear on everybody. Well, and I, I think have to take the dog out. You I think the other thing out, too, right at the same <laughs> time, was you and I had started racing. You you were racing full time, I think, in fifteen. Yeah, I came back in fifteen, and I I started racing in the middle of fifteen, and then we both went hard at it in twenty sixteen, and we just we didn't have time. Yeah, but I mean, I was busy with uh, family at the time too, because that that came into play in twenty fourteen. I wasn't racing at all. I think I was just kind of helping out with video stuff. 2015, I came back racing. But by then, it was like, okay, I'd had enough of the old speedball regime and some of the people involved in it and uh, their attitudes. And, like, it wasn't really top, top leadership like Terry. Terry loved us, but, like, the rest of the people around him weren't that great. And so I just kind of got pissed off at them. And 
like I said, it turned into a job than a hobby, and it yeah, just kind it was, of lost its right. luster after it was getting, a while. It was getting kind of just sour. It was, yeah. It was... Yeah, there wasn't a lot of happiness around the pit area. No, it was a weird time. Yeah, it was a weird time. Was awkward phase. Yeah, we got a lot of... Waterford uh, was, is basically <laughs> just an awkward phase put together, it seems. Um, At least the past oh. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so unique because it's not like family-owned and operated forever and ever, you know? Um, well, the fascination with me with that place has always been how it's changed hands so many times. Um, and that in itself just makes it so different, but, uh, yeah, that was, it was, it was weird. It, it, it's weird how it just kind of, I don't know if I can put my finger on it, but it, there's something about it that definitely changed at one point where I, I agree with you. I think we, I think we got to a point where you could only do so much on, um, at least for me, I always want to do something bigger and better. And you know what we were doing was just hanging out on a Saturday night. We, we we didn't really we didn't have any money, but we weren't spending any money. We it was easy to do what we were doing, and but you always kind of wanted to. As more people started doing things, you wanted to be bigger and better every time. And and as that became more work, um, you know, it it, it just yeah, it, it just it had its it had its place, but it, it kind of ran its course, I think. Yeah, it became kind of it was almost creatively stale. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree with you. There were certain aspects, you know, like the webcam was always going to kind of give you something good, and the, and the racing could always kind of give you something good. But I do remember there was a lot of nights where I would more so towards the end than than in the early days when I would drive home and just think like, how am I going to make an episode out of this? Like, what the hell just happened tonight? Like, nothing happened, you know. But a lot of times the webcam bailed me out because I could, I really could have just posted the webcam. Well, actually. I probably couldn't have posted the webcam footage a lot of weeks because there was stuff on there that probably shouldn't. But uh, there was a lot of times where I was struggling to wonder if it was going to be a good episode, and then I'd go watch. The, the webcam footage was really the only footage that I'd watch all the way through because, you know, Jesse's footage was really going to be what I was watching. He was sitting right behind me, and then I would pick the in-car footage out of what, you know, Jesse was filming. And the webcam, I had no idea. And and he would never tell me. And I, I kind of like that. The, the the most he would give me would be like, oh, you're going to want to watch that. And that's really all he would give me. He would never tell me exactly what he got. And so it was kind of like cool to go home. And that was kind of like, you know, oh, I wonder what's going to be on here. And, and more times than not, it was usually something pretty entertaining. Now, there was a small period of time where you took the show somewhere else and you went to Thompson and did a season up at Thompson of Sid's View. Yeah. How'd that work out? It was a little seekonk, too, wasn't there, that same Yeah, like, we were bouncing like around. Or, yeah. But we committed to the uh, the season at Thompson, which was maybe their second season of the limited schedule. It could have been. Yeah. I forget how many races it was. I mean, I love Thompson, but it just wasn't – it just didn't work. Like, it – Sid's View had its own thing, and, it, you know – the high odds were meant to be at the bowl where the action was, you know, everyone's always up on the wheel. I remember editing the Sid's view at, at Thompson and you'd be like, Oh, there might be something happening in the turn. And then you got to go down straightaway. It's like, you got to fast forward <laughs> because nothing happens on the straightaway. You, you know, read a the, book. yeah. Like at the bowl, it was just always action nonstop. You know, we had some moments, we caught some flips. The world series usually had a couple good races, but 
Caught my brother's big wreck in turn one. Yeah. That was yep. nasty. That was real bad. I'm glad you caught that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we there's definitely some cool clips in there. There's definitely some big wrecks. We got some good footage, but it was not, it, it wasn't the same. It, it, didn't, it didn't have the same charm. Yeah. yeah. Since we worked at Seacon, I, I mean, we only went to Seacon like three or four times, but like three of them were tremendous episodes yeah seaconk loved us too yeah they were really good to us when we went up there and that's a track that's conducive to the style of the video that sid's view was yeah it's got to be a <laughs> small track it's got to be comp- you know constant action mm-hmm. if you go to a big place where there's not a lot of stuff going on all at once like you might have to wait for some action it's it just doesn't have the same flair right. yeah, i i i know the feeling of being you know editing videos mm-hmm. just like sid where it's like you know, you want to edit only the cool parts, and obviously attention spans, you know, you know what you that you want to compact these videos as much as possible. And then sometimes it's like, do I edit, like, the straightaways and just cut out that right. three, four seconds right. of straightaway <laughs> to get to the next turn? Just fast forward so, it. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, I didn't. I, and again, I, I love Thompson. I actually grew up going to Thompson more than any other track, and uh, it just it just didn't work. It, that that style just didn't work up there. It's yeah. Just a different kind of racing up yeah, there. Yeah, right, right, hundred percent. Although now today, it might work the way they race there right now. Yeah, which is not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do that. <laughs> no, they, they've they've kind of unplugged the brains a little bit from the last few years, I'd say. A little bit. Trust me, I'm out there with them. A little bit. I mean, I've gone up and over two or three cars in the last year and a half, I think. So it's been ugly up there. I've been putting now, a lot of body you're, parts on. You're not up. racing. What? You still have your car, though, right? Oh, yeah, I have everything. I just uh, can't you'll use it. you be racing. Uh, who are you fooling? What do you mean? Thompson's not racing. He'll... <laughs> Brent Gleason will run at least one race this year in 2020. Book that right now. Well, I didn't say I wasn't going to race at all. I just said I wasn't going to race full time. All right. It started off as you're not going to race at all, and it slowly evolved into maybe I'll run this race, or maybe I'll run this race. If the money's there and the time is there and there's a race at, like, New Hampshire, then maybe I'll go do it. You better deliver some more mail then. Ah. To me, it's all it's all about the car. They're gonna get their mail. And I'm not a racer, but you sold your car, right? Yeah, right, you're done racing up here. But then you got one. You, you, you're looking at stuff down down south now, right? Maybe. <clears throat> I may be a car owner for the World Series this year. You still have your car, right? We have multiple cars. All right. Now. See, so you're not done racing. No, never. So you're not you're not done with anything. Brent no, Lee. I didn't say I was yeah, done. I'm just right. done for the foreseeable future until the money comes back. Right, I hear you. That's I keep getting messages from people. Oh, you're gonna go to this meeting or that meeting with Thompson and management and stuff. I'm like, probably not. They're like, why? I said because I'm probably not gonna be back there for the foreseeable future. So what's my input gonna do? Right. You know, I know that's kind of a defeatist viewpoint, but but uh, at Thompson, I know that you didn't at the time you weren't filming at Thompson exclusively, but you did a special episode or two special episodes with my brother. When he would put on the helmet cam and you guys would film from the grandstands. Yeah, we used to always do the, yeah, because uh, the World Series would be after the Speed Bowl was done. And we used to always go to the World Series and, like, film Jesse or do a little something, yeah. Yeah, and that was actually. It, yeah, uh, three, didn't you guys have a 360 cam one year? 
I can't remember. Yeah, and I didn't know what to do with that. that was... I think Jesse tried it, and it wasn't like the modern 360 cameras. Like, the, the technology just wasn't there right, yet. Right, right. But it definitely created one of my favorite episodes with, I mean, I have some bias on it. But when Jesse won the 2013 World Series with the helmet cam and he was mic'd up and stuff. Yeah. That's one of my favorite yeah, episodes. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good episode. Because it, it captured a lot. It captured right. a lot of what he does in the car, driving it, because those cars are not easy to drive. It captured his emotions, like swearing at people who crashed, which was funny. <laughs> and it captured the emotion of victory, and it was it was a really difficult win for him to get. Cause he'd yeah, tried, he'd been chasing that for a long time. He tried for 13 years to win that race. Right. And... Like he would be leading and blow a tire, or he would have the water pump bolts mysteriously back out of the engine, or he would have, like he blew like three tires while leading, or had something, just something really stupid happen, or like he'd spin somebody out and Brooksy would throw him out <laughs> after he crossed the finish line first. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and uh, like I said, it took him a long time, but that was a really fun episode to make. And it, like, it showed the in car when they had the Blewett gang on Saturday night. And, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 that ritual, yep. Jimmy Blewett came in through the right side window when he had the helmet on and the helmet cam still rolling, and I thought that was a really cool video. That's the other thing about Jesse, too, is you're talking about, like, the emotion in racing. Like, we were talking before, and I said, like, Joe Gata's win is memorable. Part of why that's memorable is because when Jesse was filming it, he had the force, because like, Joe was checked out that race. And Jesse had the foresight to zoom in on the car as he was coming around three and four on the last lap. And Joe Gate is pumping his fists. Like, it's just great instincts to capture that moment. You know, like, you knew that was a big moment. And he knew to zoom in at that point to get that. And uh, that's one of my favorite shots. That's, that was that was awesome. Yeah, he was conscious of the uh, gravity of the moment. Right. Which right. is one of his traits. But getting into the meat of the sandwich, I guess, is the new series that, well, that we all participated in producing in some form or another, the show, which is going to premiere uh, the 28th, you said? Yeah, the first, uh, well, the next two, we should say. Yeah, the and next two, and then for four weeks, we'll we'll do two episodes. And just go ahead and like describe the whole like basic gist of what the show is. Well, it was basically, um, I did the onboard series up at Stafford last year, and that was really messing around with a lot of GoPros. You kind of got the, I, at least for me, I got a better sense of the track and the vibe and, you know, the players up there. And obviously I knew Keith and I knew Mike Christopher Jr. And I'd gotten to kind of know Ronnie. He didn't really race the speedball a lot, but he did come down there a lot. And, and when he did, that doesn't make sense. He didn't race there a lot, but he came down there a lot. But he came down there enough, and when he did, he would let us put a camera on his car. I knew he was winning races at Stafford, and I didn't really know Glenn Reen at all, actually, until uh, towards the end of the season when we did an episode of him. But um, it was really just about trying to find something different. Stafford didn't wasn't really interested in us doing Sid's view up there. And for the reasons we just talked about with Thompson, I wasn't really interested in producing a SIDS view up there. I didn't think it was going to work. And um, so, I mean, as you guys know, we've been trying to do something different. 
uh, Foster and I have been trying to, you know, come up with something that would, would be different than what other people were doing. And after they did a second reality series at Bowman Gray, it just kind of got me thinking. Like, not that those shows are, are bad, but I just don't think that they're representative of the racing we have up here. And uh, so I called Sean and kind of um, threw it by him. And he liked it, and we kind of decided on the four drivers. To, we, it really didn't take us long to pick these four, right? No, no, not at all. They were, they were, there was a, there was a debate, I guess, with a couple other guys, but there was a wild card. Yeah, Glenn Reed, We'll be open about it. Glenn Reed was the wild card, and you know, we his performance on the track. You know, maybe he would finish like seventh, eighth in points. So right. why would you pick him? But personality and character I mean, and he's a track. no-brainer personality wise yeah, he's ta- yeah. if you can do a reality show he's tailor-made for that yeah so yeah he's he was easily like a, i think he was the first person we started with the interviews and yeah. i remember leaving there like all right well that was a good person to start with because yeah. he's the most comfortable with himself right and being behind the camera yeah yeah he's a he's a unique individual he's he's unapologetic for his aggressive style and uh I, you know it just thought it was great i mean keith you, you have to have keith involved in it i mean you know he's the equivalent of burt myers at bowman gray if you're going to do a reality series at stafford you have to have keith ronnie was a defending champ and uh mike christopher jr i mean his family legacy is 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 off the charts and He's good, and you know he's he won the last three races, yeah. so we thought he was gonna have a ridiculous season this year. Yeah, well beyond the family legacy part of things, like you would think that would be the reason that we we decided on him, but right, it come it, he ended up being like the perfect guy because he's just Mister Cool, like he yeah, like just calm, like he right when we would interview him, he was just yeah, he took everything in stride for somebody to have that bad of a season. He took everything, and I shouldn't say bad. He just had bad luck. You know, yeah. he didn't really wreck. He didn't wreck a lot of equipment. No. He's had bad luck, and uh, but that's relatable. And, and actually, the way he handled it made him actually almost more likable. Exactly, I think. Yeah. yeah. Even when he, you know, his faults. You know, he he wrecked right. his he best dumped, friends twice. twice. Right. <laughs> and each time they interviewed, he's like, "Yeah, I uh, I'm just gonna." not do that again like i'll i'll put that in my notebook of yeah. thoughts and try not to do that again you know <laughs> or even all cool about it or even how he handles his dad's in- intensity on the radio oh, yeah, yeah. you know he kind of just takes that in stride too. and he explains it in great detail of how he takes whatever his father says and converts it into whatever he's trying to get through to him right in just his filtered, own perspective right, filtered yeah. it out yeah <laughs> Yeah, he was perfect. He was awesome. All these guys were great for the show. So once we had those four guys figured out, it was call Stafford and see, you know, if they were on board with it, uh, and and get some sponsors behind it. And we didn't really get as many sponsors as we wanted, but we got enough to to make it happen. Oh, buddy, take it from here, Foster. <laughs> Yep. What is it? All right. Uh, Waddell Communications, Napa Auto Parts, uh, Hoosier Tire, Sonoka Race Fuels. Yeah, those were the big names that helped us along. 
Yeah, don't ask me because I don't remember any of them, but that, and I probably should have it. So. Yeah, I probably should have. But the basics of production uh, was similar to every car. We had at least one, one camera per car. Then we had like an outside camera, like a cameraman, I should say. And we had, I think, seven, what, seven GoPros per car, right? Yeah. So we had a lot of coverage on the cars. And then we would, during the races, plant people all over the racetrack. Like, I think Phil and I would float around the infield and get crew and race shots. Mm-hmm. Jesse and Sid would be up in the tower. Yep. And then you would basically float and do, I think, what, drone shots and uh, crowd shots. Right. Stuff yep. like that. Yep. So, we also had the eyeglasses cameras on the spotters. That's right. Oh yes, yeah, that's right. So, was there actually a agreed upon number of episodes to start with, or did it just kind of end up as it, whatever yeah, it felt like? With it, it ended up evolving into more than what it was supposed to be because we kind of selected the big races of the year. So you got the Spring Sizzler, the SK Five K, uh, the Fall Final the TC shootout. So we, those were the weeks that we figured we'd create episodes out of, but it ended up being so many interesting that it was like, okay, the, you know, it, we kind of figured maybe the week before fall final, because you're building up like a championship height, you know, it was, we're building up a storyline with all this. So that easily turned into an extra episode. And was, so we have a total of nine episodes. So Somewhere in there, there was two to three extras where there was so much content. We didn't know how to put it into the current episodes. And it's like, all right, we we can make an episode out of this alone because it's so interesting. So, yeah, the storylines throughout the year is the cool part of, of, you know, and Sid, he's the genius through all this. I mean, he's, I was making fun of him earlier tonight because he was, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, he's Italian and he usually has deep tan, but he's been locked inside of an editing booth for the last handful of months during the winter. So he's probably uh, he's got to go through some sort of uh, depressive stage, I'm guessing. But he held tough vitamin D it. deficiency. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah. What he came up with, and we all saw it tonight in the premiere. It's that's that's impressive stuff. This is this is worthy. Good stuff. Yeah, because all of us on the production staff basically got together tonight and uh, previewed all of the episodes. I mean, it was, wasn't completely finished, some of them lacking graphics, but yep. the basic uh, fundamentals of the episodes were going to be there. And, I, I mean, I remember showing up, I think we, like I said, we only shot for, like, well, like guys like Phil and I, and I think my brother, I think we only shot for, like, five nights. Right. I don't even remember if we were there when it rained out, but like I said, I can't remember five minutes ago. Yeah, right. But I was I, when I showed up and I saw there was nine instead of like five or six episodes because I knew that he was going to put together the one episode where you meet everybody, but he'd put that out like last year, right? Like really early on, as a like a teaser type of thing, just yeah. to meet the meet the teams and see what's going to happen. But to see it come out to nine episodes all told i was not expecting it oh yeah so people are gonna love it i really hope so that's the difference between this and you know madhouse or was a race night at bowman gray you know because we 
Same so thing. it's a little bit of a common, you know, a, a carbon copy of what they were doing on the national broadcast TV shows. But you could tell, and I think all the viewers could tell, because you could tell by all the people who would, you know, describe what they thought of the show on social media and whatnot and all the comments and the forums, that this was uh, the people that created those shows of the Bowman Gray racetrack, they weren't racing people. You know, I mean, these are these are people who are trying to create uh, some sort of a, a reality documentary type of thing, not knowing what racing is all about. Well, that's the cool thing with guys like you know all of us. Yeah, because you know, there was Sid being the focal point and all of us being racers. Yeah, because they're you know, on the crew. Me. There was you, uh, Phil, Jesse, me. Yeah, I'm missing some people. Probably. Nicole and I mean, yeah, uh, Nicole's Footless. been involved in it her whole life. So. Yep. Bunch yep. of other people. Basically, Bob's been a spotter. Bob Lucas been yeah. spotting for years. Bob. I so mean, these are all people who have been at the racetrack day in, you know, every week. This is the, how they spend their summer months, and that's the difference you're going to see with this type right. of reality documentary webcast show. Is that these are people who know what you see. So we're, you know, I think we did. You did a great job of tying everything in like when i watch these episodes it's like yeah i'm there like this is yeah. what it is this it's is very authentic <clears throat> yes yes yeah i think you had to capture uh like a day in the life at the track you, you had to um you know we did certain segments on like spotters and the drivers meeting and like certain aspects of a day at the races that ha- you know can be intriguing it, it, you don't have to have a full episode on them but just to put all those little pieces together over the course of the series can paint a good picture of, of a season at Stafford, you know? Mm-hmm. And the big difference with this is you're not going to sit through almost a scripted, you know, half hour long or hour long show with sound effects. It's literally the racers and then they race and then they talk about it. Yep. I mean, it's no BS. Yep. And I, that's that's what I like about it. It doesn't have to be an hour long. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing. Right. It's there. It hits you in the face. You like it, and yeah. you know you yeah. watch the next. One. Like Phil said, with the um, the authenticity part of it is that was the cool part. And I mean, not to lie, I mean when we would go to do like the shop interviews, we would explain to the guys like, "Hey guys, don't forget this is you know we we want you to be you know vocal about everything. Don't be fake about everything, but." Make sure you explain things in detail, and if you have ill feelings, we would love to hear that instead right. of you trying to, you know, be PC about everything. And everyone came through. Everything, yeah, everybody so. came through very yeah. nicely with everything. Yeah, I think they all they all embraced the project. I I think they they knew what we were doing. They knew that it had to be, um, you know, people had to be entertained. We we weren't doing promotional videos for their race teams. We were we were doing. We were treating it like a reality series, and um, so yeah, I, I they definitely all came through, and, and I actually, I, obviously, they wouldn't agree to be a part of it from the beginning if they didn't like the idea. But I I feel like once we got to like the five k, like that middle stretch there where we filmed the five k and the TC shootout, you know, two out of three events, I felt like we kind of turned the corner a little bit. I felt like the drivers were a little bit more invested. And I think we kind of knew what we were doing at the track because that, that first week, 
it didn't help that the rain was a disaster. That makes everything a disaster. But we really kind of needed to uh, trial by error there that, that first week. And I felt like we were in a better spot. And I felt like the, the teams were, were giving us better content, you know. Yeah, there's a certain comfort level between our production team and the racers and the race team yeah. and everyone involved that yeah, all right. of a sudden it was like, okay, we're, we got it. Right. This is good. I think we had that from the beginning too. I mean, to a certain extent, I feel like they, they had to trust us, you know, especially me and you who have done stuff for a long time on our YouTube channels. Like th they trusted that, that we were going to keep it real to an extent, you know what I mean? Right. And that, I think that definitely helped us, you yeah. know? Yeah. The show premieres January 28th on YouTube. I'm sure you'll put it up on Facebook. Absolutely. And that's going to be on the Vault Productions website, and it's going to be on Stafford Motor Speedway's website as well? Uh, it's going to be on Sid's View website. I'll right. probably put it on my, my business site too. But, yeah, sidsview.com is where we're promoting it. Yeah, Stafford should have it on their website. It'll be on our YouTube channel. And, um yeah, we, we just it'll hope. be free in case people are thinking this is like a paid programming. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, I dabbled. You're gonna in that. love that. Yeah, I dabbled with the pay per view thing. It's, <laughs> it's not even worth it. No. Um, yeah, that's why I don't have a Patreon account. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. Shade. But the reason that we're able to do free on YouTube is because of our partners. Yeah, absolutely. Before I had to leave, did you? Okay, yeah, I, you got a, you got a few of them. Yeah, yeah, so Sunoco Race Fuel, uh, Hoosier Tire East, Napa Auto Parts, Wheeler's Auto, Stafford Speedway, and Waddell, Sean Waddell. Uh, last but not least, I mean, Waddell not only was a sponsor, but he provided equipment and actually was part of the production team because he recorded all the audio of the of the race team. So Sean was a big player. And uh, yeah, without those, without those uh, partners, we there's no way we could have pulled this off. So yeah, we we were fortunate. Is there any one big takeaway or one thing that you really look forward to when this comes out? Um, I me personally, I want to see people's response to the TC episode. That's my favorite episode. Kind of blends my two styles, like. It, it it's it's a uh, it's a little documentary ish as as because we pay tribute to Teddy in that episode so it's a little you know some things I took from from doing the speedball documentary but um, I mean that it's kind of got two races in there uh, there's there's some there's some good action but there's also some good emotion and there's some great memories from from Teddy racing um, so. I'm I'm hoping I hope the series is a big hit, but me personally, I, I'm kind of interested to see what the response to that particular episode is going to be. Yeah, I don't want to give everything away because we just watched it, but there is going to be a lot of good stuff, good emotions, good action, and uh, I really want people to take away that uh, this is definitely something a little bit not a departure from what you do, but an improvement and maybe an expansion on what you do. Yeah, it's definitely different than anything. I mean, just from being in the trenches behind the scenes, it's by far the most elaborate production we've ever even attempted. It was pretty intense. Yeah. Like if we had a GoPro die at one point during a race or before a race, I freaked out. <laughs> like I'd be yes. carrying spare GoPros and batteries with me yeah. just in case. I'm like, no, we got to make this. 
we got lucky too. I mean, you know, we the races that we picked. I mean, the the SK five K race was just awesome race. You know, yeah. side by side with the two guys that we picked, Ronnie Williams and Keith Racco, specifically because they don't like each other, and they were battling out for the biggest pay in race of the year. I mean. Jackpot. Yeah, we, we just got we lucky got there. Lucky. Yeah. And the points battle. Right. I mean, you're everyone's going to be on the edge of the seat from to the last episode, especially because that championship battle is that, that you, you're never going to come across that right. again. I mean, down to the last four laps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, awesome. Again, I don't know if we really touched on it in the video, but they ended up what tied, right? And Ronnie won on tie break. Yeah. Right. Five to four. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody didn't know, spoiler alert. But <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I gotta wrap this up. It's a past midnight. I gotta pee really bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sid, where can we find you on uh, social media, web, everything? Yeah, uh, Vault Productions on Facebook, Sid DiMaggio on Twitter, Sid's Vault Production on Instagram, Sid'sView.com for the show, January 28th, and uh, YouTube.com slash Sid's Vault. When can we see the next documentary for the Speed Bowl? Ooh, <laughs> I would love for it to be in October again, um, but there's a, a lot of fundraising that's got to go on before we can get there. We'll see what happens. I was nervous whether we could get and part five done last year, and we were able to pull it off, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And this next coming one is going to, it's still kind of developing, so we got to kind of wait on no, it. No, no, no. This one is, this next one would be 2005 to 2014. That was basically the auction. And that's part six. Oh, and, and then, then, okay. And then you can talk to me in 2024 about part seven. <laughs> that's the part that's not completed yet. Oh, okay. So yeah. we'll figure that out later. And that's, I got to tell you, that, that's, that's highly, I mean, this costs a lot of money already to, to finish with the interviews I've done. I've asked, I haven't asked a single question about past the auction. So to do a part seven would really be starting from scratch. I'd have to interview a bunch of people again. So part seven the chapter hasn't closed yet. And it either. hasn't closed. Yeah. It yeah, almost I mean, hasn't even started. Yeah. The, yeah. the goal for that project was always to, from, from the track being built to surviving the foreclosure auction. And that's really my only focus now. And I only got one more to go. We'll see what happens. I know you're just going to leave everybody hanging right at the auction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it, it had such a great ending, man. It was like it, it should never survive this auction, yet it did. And, hey, isn't that great? And roll credits, you know. And then two years later, it just got all flipped upside down. And bombs got dropped. <laughs> right, yeah, it was just, right down, plummeted. Yeah, so, Completely I mean, bananas. You kind of really can't end it there, but it, it's kind of – has these 10 year intervals now and uh so like i said 2024 talk to me then we'll, we'll you see. really couldn't write a script nah it's ridiculous it really is mr foster where can we find you at like on social media yeah is that what i'm plugging right yeah. now yeah. Parents you got bedroom. social media something Not basement yeah uh i wouldn't geez. go there yeah don't don't go to my basement it's, it's <laughs> not clean we'll say no, uh, I I don't have anything to say. I'm I'm here to plug uh, Sid's Vault and the um, and the show at Stafford Speedway, which is coming out on January 28th. I'll say it again. Wow. All right. I'll I plan on I plan on asking Sean to come back on for another episode for another special that I'm planning for the future, probably at some point uh, this off season. So hopefully you'll be able to come back on. Heck yeah, a little comeback. 
Nobody cares. Phil, where can we find you at? <laughs> uh, at P. Jakes on all major platforms. You mean Jacques? Jacques. Jackies. Yeah, I mean, Jacques. Jacques. I don't even understand. Why is it Jakes? Yeah. That's J A K K E S. Look, we're Canadian, but we hate Canadians. So we just Americanize it? He said it, not me. Why don't you I change the spelling then to J A K E S? Right. Or call yourself Jacques. You, you should do that. Jacques. Yeah. Something. Well, just change your name to American and just leave it at that. Phil American. <laughs> there. American Phil. Philly steak and cheese. <laughs> Phil McCracken. So you can find this show on Instagram at <laughs> Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find links to all the shows on GleasonBrosRacing.com. Right. I don't think I have any more channels unless people want to go to my Instagram at BrinkGleason01 and follow me there or on Twitter. Yeah, but nobody wants to nobody wants to do that because nobody's done it yet. So I'm like, I don't really care. Does Making Laps have a Twitter? Making Laps, no. They still haven't gotten our Twitter account yet. Hmm. So, uh, so until next time, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. <laughs> <laughs>